0: The following program is from the KDRT archives.
1: Chance, love, and gets you there on like time. style.
0: Tonight I will be covering the fourth and fifth dimensions in the first hour, according to 3D time, and in the second hour, as a party favor, so to speak, I've got a nice rare recording of Louis Armstrong with the All-Star Band, the first makeup of the All-Star Band from 1947. And I've got that on the original DECA 33 and a third microgroove disc, which actually is a fairly historic record pressing. 33 and a third in 1947 was not common. RCA was a late adopter going to 33 and a third. They did it really only because they had to for business. But I'll cover all of that later. First, though, Take care of just a little bit more of this and that, and then we'll get started on the fourth dimension. NeighborWorks Home Ownership Center, Sacramento Region, and the City of Davis are pleased to announce the launch of a low-cost home improvement loan program for owners who need assistance in making their homes more accessible. The program was designed by the City of Davis to achieve two important goals. Assisting homeowners of a household that includes an individual with disabilities in making improvements that allow the individual to better function in his or her home and allowing seniors to safely remain in their homes as they age. Homeowners may contact NeighborWorks at 916 452 five three five six that's nine one six four five two five three five six to learn more about the program and request an application. So if you'd like a little bit of help improving your house for some seniors or just people who ran across some disabilities, there you go. A little bit of a handout there, a little bit of help. So Last week, I left you with a basic dictionary definition of the fourth dimension to recap. Essentially, the fourth dimension is regarded as time, and you think of time as a coordinate dimension. So a fourth dimension is required by relativity theory, Einstein, along with three spatial dimensions, which would be length, height, width or depth, if you want to look at it that way. I'll stick to the three, length, height, and width. Fourth dimension is required by relativity theory, along with three spatial dimensions to specify completely the location of any event. Well, if you think about it, sure. Something happened, right? Guy hit a home run at Candlestick Park, but we think of that in terms of time. It's not happening every moment. As far as we know, so far, anyway. So. Hope everybody out there has got their feet up. Dog or cat is in or out wherever it needs to be. If the light's down low, cool recreational beverage of choice. Mmm, I don't know. It might befuddle you, but it might be what you need to relax too. So, hey, uh, maybe a chocolate malt would work really well about right now. Okay, here we go. <laughs> When asked to give a simple definition of the fourth dimension, Edgar Casey answered with a single word, idea. Quite independently, the psychiatrist Carl Jung provided exactly the same single word definition. The fourth dimension is the realm of ideas, the world of patterns, the world of the imagination. We travel in the fourth dimension without moving at all. We change our intentions and thus the pattern of our experience. Contemplating the fourth dimension is a very useful exercise. Many people talk about having a soul as if it were something they wore around their neck or that was lodged in some portion of their brain. It is more important to imagine that we are souls. It is difficult but necessary to imagine that our bodies are the portion of the soul that exists in the three-dimensional world and is visible to the senses. We are not more aware of the fourth dimensional realities in ordinary life because we have blocked out this perspective with three dimensional conditioning. Describing changes within the fourth dimension with a third dimensional term of movement is one example. Treating events that happen in the imagination as imaginary, meaning not real, is another example of viewing the fourth dimension from the perspective of the three-dimensional world. Physical awareness is three-dimensional. Three-dimensional awareness has the basic qualities of time, space, and matter. These qualities create separation, death, and mass. In the fourth dimension there is consciousness of eternity, where past and future simultaneously coexist. There is a sense of a permanent sense of being. In the fourth dimension, there is only moment that we call now, and everything exists in energy forms. The emotion of fear and a fixation on external circumstance are symptoms of attachment to the 3D world. Love is an expression of the fourth, a shared awareness with all energy forms of our essential unity, intention is the secret of navigating in this realm look for intention behind every experience our ideals become our destiny
2: Relaxed and paying attention. All my two dimensional boundaries were gone. I had lost to them badly. I saw that world crumble and thought I was dead, but I found my senses still working. And as I continued to drop through the hole, I found all. to use. Just be quiet and feel it around you. And I opened my heart to the whole universe and I found it was loving. And I saw the great blunder my teachers had made, science now that has ended before the beginning oh how is it that i could come out to here and be still floating and never hit bottom and keep falling through just relaxed and paying attention
0: 5D or Fifth Dimension by the Birds from 1966 off of their album entitled Fifth Dimension. So, the fourth dimension, as would be described in most cases, would be time. And I think that first piece that I read there, while having a sort of a spiritual slant to it also what it was getting at is that our perceptions change with time and we regard time as being I think part of the three dimensions but actually it's not time exists outside of the existence of the three dimensions so if that doesn't hurt your brain I've got more. <laughs> yeah, whoever said listening to live tracks and uh, and all that is going to be easy sometimes. But I've got some good stuff coming up here. So let's get back on, uh, on the gravy train here, the knowledge train down here at KDRT. By the way, you're <laughs> believe it or not, you're tuned to live tracks on KDRT here in Davis, California. So there's two explanations of the fifth dimension and how it operates that I brought down. The first one is scientific, written by a mathematician. won't go into the math. Wouldn't do me any good anyway. But he does talk about mathematics in an indirect kind of a fashion. So if you flunked physics, yeah, you're probably in trouble. The second one is a much more example-based kind of a thing. And I think that's probably what's going to get us back out of the, this, this uh, sense of, of uh, uneasiness, maybe, from trying to consider things that maybe we're not wired up to consider. So the second one will probably be a little more helpful. But I think the first one we're, I'm going to start with because it's actually a rock-solid base for what's going on. So in the back here I've got a little bit of Mozart. This is from his concerto number twenty-four in C minor. Help us all relax. In Galilean and Newtonian theory, there are three dimensions X, Y, Z. Minkowitz, Minkowitz says that the fourth dimension is time in the theory of infinity the fifth dimension is velocity there are two ways of looking at velocity dependent velocity is a relation between distance and time that would be the current classical definition from the fifth dimensions point of view there's an independent velocity which has an absolute value and a constant value. And he uses an example the speed of sound and speed of light and others as speed of limit. Now once the constant speed is surpassed, light goes through a change phase of matter, becomes ultralight. All these speeds are beyond what we as humans can see. As we need special instruments to hear ultrasound, or special instruments to measure ultralight, we need a new theory to understand that velocity can be independent, and it is velocity that creates the fifth dimension and beyond. With this new understanding of velocity, we can begin to more precisely unravel the construction of the universe in a more complete and comprehensive way. We must look at velocity as a new value, that changes the phenomena of physics when velocity is seen as independent variable it creates its own new dimension the fifth just as relative time creates its own dimension the fourth that is why velocity is the fifth dimension because if someone moves faster than the speed of light we can be sure that what he can see or describe will be different than what we can see or describe in four dimensions. The effect of this speed brings change phase of matter. Einstein proved that time was relative to the motion of mass. For instance, there's a difference between the falling points of bodies according to the points of reference. Take a train. If you're on the train, outside the train, or inside of it, Einstein studied the question outside the framework of classical physics, where the speed limit is that of the speed of light. In the fifth dimension theory, the speed of light is inclusive. The fifth dimension enlarges our knowledge and awareness of the universe. We can understand things which the theory of relativity could not explain and make our world a perceptible, physical universe. The world thus passes from the scientific stage to one of knowledge and awareness stage. I'm going to leave it right there for a moment while you all ponder that. The fifth dimension enlarges our knowledge and awareness of the universe. We can understand things which the theory of relativity could not explain and make our world a perceptible, physical universe. The world thus passes from the scientific stage to one of knowledge and awareness. KDRT in Davis. The takeaway so far on the discussion of the fifth dimension is similar to the fourth dimension. Time being independent from the geometric dimensions that we think of, height, width, depth. Velocity being independent of time. Hmm... The question is asked, do, you, do we need the fifth dimension? I <laughs> love it when mathematicians ask that question. I mean, from a metaphysical standpoint, if there is one, then we need it. If there isn't one, then we don't need it. But that's not what he's going to say, though. We need the fifth dimension to explain metaphysics by way of physics, and to explain some of the questions currently puzzling scientists, such as The construction and form of the universe Attraction Void Space Time Black holes Scattering of light Mass and inertia Defining motion Field And dark matter The theory of the Big Bang talks much about dark matter. Consider, for example, that the visible universe is about 15% of the mass of all of the universe. With the fifth dimension, questions can be answered which modern physics could not explain. New scientific data or phenomena such as the superluminal, which moves 2.5 times faster than the speed of light, and the experience, experiments with Photonet, that's P-H-O-T-O-N-E-T-T-E, which is movement 4.7 times faster than the speed of light. The existence of a fifth dimension provides answers for some questions such as, okay, what is the model of the universe? Folks I hope you are sitting down, (laughs) you heard it here first on live tracks, and in three dimensional time it's the 25th of April. The model of the universe, it is globular closed has age and volume with the earth close to the center. The diameter of the universe is 3 times 10 to the power of 23 kilometers. The age of the universe equals 15.8 billion years. The mass of the universe that we can measure is nearly 15% of the total mass of the universe and the other mass 85% is dark matter. My favorite one there is how big is the universe? The diameter of the universe 3 times 10 to the power of 23 kilometers. Hmm. We need a fifth dimension because the transformation equation on which the theory of relativity is based does not correspond with reality. I have to take your word for it on that. Are there other dimensions and do we need more than five? (coughs) Well, he says for the moment we only need five dimensions to explain the mysteries of the universe. In the future we will perhaps need other dimensions according to the nature of the problems that will appear. The fifth dimension is velocity, the sixth one may be acceleration. I haven't even figured out cell phones in the internet yet. And that's where this gentleman left us. <laughs> and This I got off the fifth dimension th.net slash theory and it's an htm article was an abstract that was written by some gentleman. I didn't bother to copy his name off. I'm sure others are out there too doing much similar things. So the takeaway so far on tonight's live tracks is that time, the fourth dimension, is independent of the three dimensions that we use every day, that we navigate with. Velocity is the fifth dimension and it's independent of time and the other three dimensions. That's the takeaway so far. So, everyone, go ahead, close your eyes, relax. This is KDRT, Davis, California.
3: favore, which I was told loosely means don't freak out. Don't freak out. No chore, no se favore agora, se perdo meus lazos, mereces a dor. Gelo das mãos, gelo das mãos, de que me abraça hoje. Oh yeah, de que me abra. Meus laços, merecesse dor Na tá longe, se aperta certo Não me quer, Não mais Tua música já é um gesto injusto O gelo das mãos, gelo das mãos De que me abraça hoje Oh, yeah, yeah De que me abraça Mas não me quer mais. Lilas cores flores tu gem numedum mo. Mas não me quer mais. Lilas cores flores tu gem numedum mo. Mas não mas não me quer não mais não. Mas não me queres, lilas, cores, flores. Tu és o do amor. Mas não me quemáis, mas não me quemáis
0: Now we get to a more user-friendly look at the fifth dimension, and the fourth, and the third. And this gentleman, taking pity on all of us with normal brains, started out something very, very simple. He talks about the relationship between time and the perception of higher order dimensions. In his first example, take a one-dimensional creature and its ability to perceive a two-dimensional object. Imagine there is a one-dimensional creature. We'll call him Walter. He lives in a one-dimensional world, a line, and can conceive of only one-dimensional objects, something that has variable length but no width or height. The concepts of width and height have no meaning to Walter. How might Walter perceive a two-dimensional object such as a circle? It's not fair to ask him to simply imagine a circle being a one-dimensional creature. The idea of perceiving in two dimensions would be an utterly foreign concept. His one-dimensional brain may not even be capable of constructing such a reality. However. If we passed a circle through his one-dimensional world, here's how it might look. Since Walter cannot see beyond his one-dimensional world, the circle, a two-dimensional object, would appear as it passed through his world first as a dot. Then it would split into two dots that move in opposite directions, equidistant to the starting point and then move back converging once again to a dot and then it disappears completely. Assume we always pass the circle through at a constant velocity and normal to Walter's world. In this case he could develop a mathematical expression for the circle that would accurately describe the circle's behavior over time and in this way Walter could comprehend this two-dimensional object. Thus, as Walter is cons- as far as Walter is concerned, a circle is a one-dimension object that changes over time. In this case, the property of appearing, splitting into two, moving apart at a predictable speed, stopping, moving back together at a predictable speed, and then coalescing into a single point, and then disappearing from his world entirely. That's Walter with a circle passing through his one-dimensional world. Let's revisit Walter, a one-dimensional creature that just had a circle pass through his world. A two circle being two dimensions. So let's go on now to a two-dimensional creature and its ability to perceive a three-dimensional object. Assume that Walter is a two-dimensional creature. He has length and width, but no height. Again, he has no comprehension of height. And it is possible that his two-dimensional brain is simply incapable of conceiving of this additional dimension. Walter is now capable of perceiving and comprehending a circle. It can exist entirely within his world at any given instant. How would two-dimensional Walter perceive a three-dimensional object like a hollow sphere once again we could pass it completely through his world so he can perceive it in its entirety a three-dimensional object a sphere can be comprehended by comprehended by two-dimensional walter as a two-dimensional object that changes over time to walter a sphere suddenly makes its appearance in his world as a dot, which over time becomes an ever-expanding circle. This expansion slows down, stops, and reverses, becomes a dot, then disappears from his world. The First part of it is rather like the ripples in a a pool, you take a a still pond and throw a rock in it. From where that rock goes in, it creates this ever-expanding circle, now imagine if that came back. So, you're seeing two dimensions, you're seeing length and width, no height. Now we come to three dimensional Walter, something we are familiar with. He lives in a three dimensional world and he has length, width, and height. Walter can comprehend a three dimensional object like a sphere, it can exist entirely within his world how would a fourth-dimensional object appear to Walter? You can't draw a fourth-dimensional object. However, you can predict how such an object might look to Walter. In this case some four-dimensional object that appears to be related in some way to what we know as a sphere suddenly appears as a dot in our world, then expands, slows down, stops, and then contracts to a dot and then suddenly disappears. Although it appears to change over time, it is actually a single entity. The change over time in three dimensions is the only way that we, being three-dimensional beings, can comprehend it. Therefore, it is entirely possible that an object in our three-dimensional world is observed to change over time particularly if the change is observed to be a predictable change, that is actually a single fourth-dimensional object, understandable to us only by observing over time. As an example of a four-dimensional object, they show a series of pictures of the same person from being a baby infant to a grown man. Okay... It is possible that this person is simultaneously all these stages of life but can only be understood by us in our three-dimensional world through the passage of time, his appearance and disappearance in life marking the entrance and exit of this fourth dimensional entity through our three-dimensional world. Okay, so how's everyone doing out there? This is KDRT in Davis, California. And we're talking about the fourth and fifth dimensions mathematically, metaphysically, perhaps a little spiritually. And now, using examples that hopefully our three dimensional minds can somewhat understand. So now we're up to the fifth dimension, folks. Everyone who's still there, give yourself a pat on the back. You made it. We're getting to the fifth dimension. Here we go. And believe me, this story has a happy ending, I think. so. Okay, a fifth dimension. How would a fifth dimensional object appear in a four-dimensional world? This guy admits this is too weird we could ask how a fifth-dimensional object appears in a three-dimensional world. It is analogous to how a three-dimensional object appears in a one-dimensional world. How would a hollow sphere, three dimensions, appear to one-dimensional Walter? The answer is, it depends on how the sphere is positioned as it goes through Walter's one-dimensional world. If just the edge or the cusp of the sphere clips Walter's world, then a sphere appears as a dot barely separates into two points, immediately coalesces back to a dot, and disappears. If the sphere is moved over slightly and passed through Walter's one-dimensional world, the dots appear to separate further before reversing direction, coalescing and disappearing. So, it seems that the sphere, which is three dimensions, is perceived in a one-dimensional world as change with time, the circle. That itself changes with time, Okay, the sphere does, i.e. each passage yields different behavior of the circle. Thus, we conclude that a fifth dimensional object passing through a three-dimensional world would manifest itself as a three-dimensional object whose change with time itself changes with time. (laughs) Huh, makes my brain hurt. Read that again conclude that a fifth-dimensional object passing through a three-dimensional world would manifest itself as a three-dimensional object whose change with time itself changes with time. Is there an example of this seemingly complex behavior of an object in three dimensions? Well, in the case of the three-dimensional object that was used earlier, meaning the series of photographs of a person that changes with time, is therefore potentially a four-dimensional object okay the same person and he may exist all at once but we only perceive him as he changes through time right okay in the case of the three-dimensional object above okay we're going to now jump to there is the entity homo sapiens which did not exist one million years ago now if humans were immutable as a species but changed with time meaning they aged they could conceivably have no higher complexity than four dimensions. However, in addition to individuals aging with time, the species has also changed with time. Thus, this change with change in time is a characteristic of a fifth-dimensional object passing through or being perceived within a three-dimensional world. In this case, what is the fifth-dimensional object? It appears to be an entity that simultaneously includes the species above. But the past extends beyond the five million years shown in, shown in this example, five million years of, of, uh, uh, of uh, Homo sapiens. Thus, other precursor species are potentially included in the single fifth-dimensional object This would appear to include, therefore, all life. Thus, it is possible that all life, past, present, and future, is a single fifth dimensional object. You're tuned to KDRT in Davis, California. My name is Jim, what's left of me? We got a discussion this evening on the 4th and 5th Dimensions. You don't get that just anywhere. Got a full moon, dead bang outside my window too, staring right in the KDRT control room booth. Got the lava lamp over there, got the lights in the background, and Mozart, how do you explain Mozart? At the age of 4 years old he knew everything there was to know about music. Once his hands got bigger, that's all he needed. Four dimensions, five? Where did he come from? Okay, so when I left off last, hit you with the big one. Ah, that's the pillow in the face. It's possible that all life, past, present, and future, is a single fifth dimensional object. (laughs) Okay, there's just one more thing made it this far you can do it thermodynamic issues now in the examples above Walters perception of the higher dimensional objects passing through his universe are that basic thermodynamic laws regarding conservation of matter and energy are violated the objects having mass and with energy content appear in his world as well as disappear Thus, there's a violation of the first law of thermodynamics, which is conservation of energy. However, there is no violation in Walter's world if the universe being considered are the higher order dimension. Now, I'm going to repeat that. There's no violation of the law of thermodynamics if the universe being considered is of higher order dimension. Therefore, for one-dimensional Walter, there's no violation of the first law of thermodynamics when a two-dimensional object passes through his world if we consider that the actual universe is two-dimensional. He just sees it in one dimension. Similarly, for two-dimensional Walter, there's no violation of the law of thermodynamics when a three-dimensional object passes through his world if the actual universe is three-dimensional, so on and so on. Therefore, if all life is postulated to be a fifth-dimensional object, it would seem necessary that it reside in a sixth-dimensional universe so as to avoid a conflict with the first law of thermodynamics. And if you ever wondered how the first law of thermodynamics was going to come to your rescue. Here it comes. However, related to this question, in our three-dimensional world, we have never observed a violation of the first law of thermodynamics. Living objects, although being born and then dying, are not associated with a sudden apis- appearance and disappearance of mass. We've possibly one exception in the Bible the first law of thermodynamics is not violated. Thus, there would appear to be no evidence of any fourth dimensional object having passed through our world. This would appear to argue against the existence of the universe existing in a higher dimension. So, I want to say that again. Because there's been no violation of the first law of thermodynamics in our world that we know of, we've never observed one, then that means because if there was a violation of the first law of thermodynamics, that would mean there had to be a fourth dimension or a fifth dimension. Something to explain the fact that this happened, but it can't happen. Okay? But since it's never been violated, then that would appear to argue against the existence of the universe existing in a higher dimension. Which is kind of a bummer. So everyone keep their eye open out there for something which violates the first law of thermodynamics. KDRT, Davis, California.
2: You've just had a heavy session of electroshock therapy, and you're more relaxed than you've been in weeks. All those childhood traumas magically wiped away, along with most of your personality. Now is the time, time for Spud. Oh, Spud! Filled with the full, rich flavor of potatoes. Spud, the beer brewed for people who can't taste the difference. When you say Spud... Just put your mind on hold Do what you're told And open a cold, Refreshing spot. Just watch your life go by No need to try When you've got Spud Oh, Spud! Spud, the beer that made Boise famous
0: Barry Melton and friends at the Oddfellows Hall. Avalon East. I just call that Psychedelic Melton. Never did catch the name of that song. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in this evening to the 4th and 5th Dimensional Talks. I find it rather disturbing that a person can go through all these different explanations of 4th and 5th dimensions and things like that and come right back to the same starting point, which is we haven't found anything that says there is one. Arr. But there must be one, according to the mathematician, to explain space. Plus, if you were listening in and taking notes, you found out how big space is. I'll do you a favor? I'll go ahead and tell you that one more time is my favorite little factoid you might be able to win the million dollar super jeopardy question if anybody ever asks you what is the diameter of the universe it's three times ten to the power of 23 kilometers who says that low power nonprofit radio doesn't ever give you anything you need Working backwards on that rather awkward long set there, going back to the beginning. So, before Barry and his buddies over there, all of them top rank musicians from the San Francisco Bay Area during the day. So, if you were there that day, you remember it. Before that, you heard East St. Louis Toodaloo. That was Steely Dan. Two from the Birds, What's Happening? And then the one that sounded like you were in the cockpit of a jet engine, well, it was a 242 Foxtrot, and yes, that was a recording that was done, I think, in a Learjet, or at least part of it. Yolo Mambo, doing a song, Mause Pavore, or Don't Freak Out. Stevie Ray Vaughan with Riviera Paradise. And the Birds with 5D, or Fifth Dimension. Those bird songs all off of the 1966 album, Fifth Dimension. (laughs) I'm imagining my niece, Eliza, if she was at home listening to this. She's a bright, smart high school student. She might have tried to stay with it for a little while and then figured I was pulling her leg, but no, I really wasn't. The last guy that was talking about uh, the uh, Walter, the one- or two- or three-dimensional object. Um, His name is Mike Blaber, Mike, B-L-A-B-E-R dot O-R-G. You can find this with illustrations. Uh, Go to MikeBlaber.org backslash dimensions, backslash dimensions again, dot htm. I'll pull all that up. So thank you for, for holding in there, and, and I've got my hot hands right now. I don't know how long these records are on one side or the other. We might get the whole thing in tonight. Might have to play part of it next time. But I am going to, this is Satchmo at Symphony Hall, a concert presented by Ernest Anderson in Symphony Hall, Boston, Sunday evening, November thirtieth, 1947. And it was recorded for DECA Records by Peter Fretchy, F-R-U-T-C-H-E-Y, and this is Decca Records DL8037, Satchmo at Symphony Hall. Starting out with the song, Instrumental Muskrat Ramble. I'll be following that with, What Did I Do to Be So Black and Blue?, Royal Garden Blues, Lover, and Stars Fell on Alabama. And he's got some top rank players with him, including Jack T. Garden. K. D. R. T. Davis, California.
4: wish I was dead What did I do To be so black and blue mm. Even the mouse ran from my house It laughed at you and scorned you too What did I do so you mm, I'm white inside that don't help my kids cause I can hide what is in my face How would it in Ain't got a friend My only sin Is in my skin What did I do? To be so black and blue
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Alabama last night. A situation so heavenly A very land where no one else could enter And you in the center just Bye.
0: Listening to Satchmo at Symphony Hall, tail end to side one, 30th November 1947, Louis Armstrong on trumpet, Jack Teagarden on trombone and vocals, Barney Begard, clarinet, Dick Carey, piano, Sidney Catlett on drums, Arvell Shaw on bass, it's as good as it gets in the universe of jazz. You've been listening to live tracks here on KDRT, Davis, California. I'm going to go ahead and take it on home. Hope everybody out there has had a wonderful evening. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll be gone next week down at the Odd Fellows Hall, and I'll see you in two weeks. Thank you very much for listening. This is KDRT, Davis, California.
7: beautiful house you may ask yourself well where does that highway lead to you may ask yourself well am i right am i wrong you may say to yourself This is side two. If you want to play the record from the beginning, please turn over. Do not play this side if you want side one. This is side two.
0: We would like to apologise to
2: purchasers of the executive version of this record for the peremptory nature of that announcement. The brusque tone was intended for buyers of the
5: cheaper version.